0: Let's talk dreams. Let's hope it's not a nightmare.
1: Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett. Back alongside me, Mr.
0: Saw Bridges, bringing you guys lucky episode 84. 84, that's a lot.
1: 84 is all, but you know, the problem is, is because we've gotten so high, I feel like every episode, I'm like, man, that's a lot of episodes. So then we end up saying it, but we just sound like broken records. So we're sorry about that. But if this is your first time joining us, we are Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Uh, so of course, that means we talk about PlayStation, but we also talk about the other systems as needed and as we compare what's going on between the industry. You can normally find us in video format on YouTube every Monday at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing on there, consider subscribing, hitting the bell. It will let you know when we get our new episodes up normally every Monday uh, at those times, and then supposed to be every first Friday of the month with reader mail, except for when your computer crashes in the middle of that. So we're recording that shortly after this, but it will be up first because it's late by now, but we will get on to that. Uh, we'd love to hear about your thoughts in the comments below, uh, or of course you can find us on you know other Areas, But we'll make our way to there. You can listen to us on podcast services, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Google Podcast, uh, as they kind of transition between those. And now including Spotify, just to get that out there. You know, we're going to keep talking about it because we mentioned so long that we couldn't get on there. And with that said, I think we need to say that we are on Twitter at Triangle S We'd love to hear your thoughts there about the uh, topics of the episode. Uh, If you'd like to talk to us there, you can find us on the Discord where we talk and we have a podcast discussion thread as well as general thread where we all hang out and talk. Uh, It's a great fun time if that's what you're into. But if you like a more slow and controlled conversation uh, like Facebook where you can follow a thread, we do have a Facebook uh, group called Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. You can find us on there. Talk about everything on there. We are working on getting that built up to where it's as active as our discord and our, uh, Twitter. So if Facebook interests you, consider going over there, uh, and being part of that little section of the community. Uh, with that said, you can also find us on Patreon, support what we're doing here, helps us keep the show as ad free as possible for as long as possible. We've been able to do that completely. Thankfully. Um, And if you like the custom cases that we make and post over on Twitter, and I need to start posting on Facebook, I guess, uh, you can also get one every quarter of the year. So uh, you can get one. We will post a list of all the ones we've done. If you need to see them, you can see them, post it, and we'll send it to you for being a patron. And we just appreciate the support. But, of course, we like to stay free and appreciate the support and listening of those who do already just listen uh if you listen to us on podcast services consider giving us a review it helps get our numbers up there helps people find us and of course it helps us know what you do and don't like about the show so that we can ultimately make the decision of what we want to change uh, as we continue going on but with that said saul what have you been playing this week
0: well the same two games last week destiny 2 and red dead 2 two sequels so that's that's kind of it honestly. even though
1: technically red dead's the third game Technically, I say Destiny's technically like the eighth Halo game. <laughs> it's the best Halo game. I mean, I won't necessarily say that's wrong. I don't know. I feel like you'd probably have some competition. Like, you'd have people fighting with you on that. So, oh, you definitely would. <laughs> but I'm just not doing it for the sake of the, sake of the show. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's really it. I haven't played much more of anything. Okay, so I, how much more Destiny? I mean, Destiny. Sorry, how much more Red Dead have you gotten under your belt? Because mine is—I've uh, been playing the same two games. I've gotten three more hours of Red Dead under my belt. But we'll talk. Probably about,
0: about that. ten more hours. I'm still in Chapter Two, though. I was telling you earlier about a mistake I had made involving a bounty on my head.
1: I assume I'm in Chapter Two.
0: Yeah, you're in Chapter, chapter one One's the intro, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, other than that, though, nothing else. What about you?
1: Okay, yeah, those two games, Destiny. I've not been playing games a lot this week anyway just because of like Halloween and then yesterday, Friday, we got to kind of go on an impromptu date with my wife, so I didn't play games at all. Uh, which was kind of nice. You know, we kind of stayed off cell phones as much as possible, and just had a nice device-free dinner and then went to go watch the a best. movie. It's good times. Uh kind of nice to do that actually because we don't oh, normally yeah, do that. It is, I but it is. We also it. aren't normally love by it. ourselves. So that's, that's another part of it. Uh but yeah, those are definitely what it is, but red dead i probably got maybe three to maybe four hours uh added to that play time and you know it's one of those things where the game is not just pulling me to play it um and i mentioned that before on what would have been the reader episode but it's a game where when i'm not playing it i don't miss it and i think that that comes from two things i think i didn't have the hype behind the game that leads you to... You know how when you're super hyped for a game and you finally get it in your hands, when you're not playing it because you spent so long being hyped up about it, there's like a burning need in you to go back and play it. Cause it's like I just need to, see, I need to see it through to know if my long feeling of hype was worth it. Right. Because like even in the beginning of a game, sometimes hype can feel like it was worth it, but by the end of it, you lose that. Yeah. And it's like an interesting thing. So like when you've not beaten a game that you were so hyped for forever, it kind of just cycles through and you're just like, it's great right now. But is it going to stay that great? And that happens. So I have that, of course, going for it. But I think the other thing is that I didn't play the first game, obviously. So there's a little less going on there. Um, It's a fine game. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm just not to a point where it's pulling me to it. And that's interesting because Destiny, on the other hand, is a game I wouldn't have thought would be doing that. But it's been doing that very successfully. When I'm not playing Destiny 2, I want to be playing Destiny 2. And that's weird because... As we've said plenty of times, normally that's not me. That's you. That's your area. Now, I know you've had that, too. I know you want to be playing Destiny, too. But you also, from what I can hear, you also want to be playing Red Dead in a different sense than me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, right now, if I was to go home, uh, if nobody was on playing Destiny and I knew it would take two hours for everybody to get online, um, then, yeah, I'd probably play two hours of Red Dead before I played Destiny. I'd probably wait. And that's kind of how it's been going is that since destiny has the weekly resets i would play destiny on uh tuesday pretty much and then maybe some on wednesday some on thursday some on friday but i'd mainly be doing the uh uh the resets on everything uh get all the the strikes done the crucible done stuff like that and then i would go play red dead and (laughs) there's still it
1: works out really well there's still dailies in Destiny too, right? Certainly. yeah, there's dailies. like the
0: daily heroic story mission that nets you a powerful Ingram every day. You come back, you can play a gambit mission, get a powerful Ingram, you get crucible? a crucible, get a powerful a strike. You still have those stuff, uh, that stuff. And then i I'm not I've never been a bounty person in Destiny. Like I'll go pick them up if we're gonna go play gambit, but I don't pay attention. I don't know if the Bounties are daily anymore. They used to be. Oh, they I, are. They are. Okay. Um, I, I don't pay
1: attention to the time frame on them. I'm not a bounty person either, but I've become one out of necessity of trying to drive myself up further. And since every week Ikora gives you a, a piece of powerful gear if you complete twenty bounties,
0: well, I'll say that I, I, I complete bounties and I'll pick them up, but I don't like pay attention to like the time stuff on them. I yeah. Just because I know if I'm picking one up, I'm going to go do it. So exactly, I same. should say that. Yeah. I, I don't pick them up unless I'm literally about to go do the thing.
1: Like yeah. If I know I'm about to go to play a game of Gambit. I go to the. Yeah. I'll go by, pick them all. I up. know some
0: people who just go by the through the tower weekly, and they just pick up all the weekly stuff and all the dailies, and then go just go out and play. And, yeah. and hope they get it, which makes sense. I actually have done that before. Me but too. I don't make a habit out of it.
1: Yeah. Me too. Um. So I, that's been an interesting thing. But that's you know, in comparison to you though, that was one of the things about me with Red Dead is that I, I said, like, if I'm not, if if I'm sitting there and I'm not if i'm playing destiny and i have to get off it's because i have something else i just have to get done yeah. whereas if i don't if i'm not playing destiny and like for you it's like well if there's nobody on destiny i'm just going to play uh, red dead because it's like it's you still want to play it but it is secondary to the fact that destiny is fun because you're playing with friends and this is a different setup it makes of it it
0: makes it more enjoyable when you play with friends
1: sure and so when you're when you don't have friends pulling you to play on it then you kind of automatically drift to red dead as your go-to game that doesn't require communication like uh and and society like whatever you call it not society but um whatever i can't think of the word i'm trying to think of um of course. But the um, side of that is like whenever I'm not playing Destiny because no one's on, I'm not like, well, okay, I'm going to play Red Dead. Like I've done it a few times, but because I've had to be like, that thing I probably need to get done is going to have to wait because I need to try and play at least a little more Red Dead. Play it when I can kind of squeeze it in and, and give it time. Even then I'm not doing a good job of that. But normally I'm just like, I don't have Destiny to play. I'm going to go paint the room That's, or I'm you know, going to go finish the wall. That
0: kind of how was how I felt about Spider-Man towards the end.
1: Okay, yeah, I can it, see that. It kind of
0: got t- almost tiresome in a way, and I was like, you know, I, I'd rather go in the living room and just chill out on the couch right now instead of playing this mission. So, like, I would just quit out in the middle of the mission. Yeah. Um. So I can I can relate to that for sure. That's always a thing that... It's almost like a fatigue you get. Yeah, mine's, what, not, it's, mine's
1: not even a fatigue toward the game. I think it really is just a sign that the game is not doing anything yet. It's not connected with me enough yet to pull me in any form of fa- or fashion. Because, like... You know, even when I don't love a game yet, if it's still sometimes a game like the even the curiosity of whether it's going to get my attention is is enough to pull me back to it, you know? Like Vampire was really interesting to me and I ended up I ended up really liking that game. I wouldn't necessarily say love, but I enjoyed it heavily. It was a good game. Uh but that was kind of enough for me. I enjoyed the game, but more of what kept driving me back to is like I really did, I, I was hoping this game was going to be good after a long period of time, and I have a curiosity of whether it's going to be able to keep its hooks in me, or get its hooks in me, depending on what point of the game I was, you know? Yeah, that makes it's, sense. So it's that, Red Dead's not doing that for me yet, but like I said, when I play it, I enjoy it. Right, I it's just I, I, no I'm desire not, to go back. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's not even like anything the game has done to push me away from it. I just... It just doesn't vibe. But with it's also well. not pulling me. It's somewhere in between. I'm hoping that as I keep playing, that that'll pick up, but I don't know yet. Hmm. So we will see. Uh, Anyway, I guess we can move on from that into the drop, good sir. Sure thing. For those that
0: don't know, the drop is this week's weekly PlayStation releases across all of its platforms. Uh, Let's see. First on the list, we have 1111 Memories Retold for PS4, Carnival Games for PS4, Dara Scene for PS4, yeah. Gripe. Gripe. I don't know why I can't read today. Grip for PS4. There's no E at the end. Uh, Jagged Alliance Rage for PS4.
1: Grip is coming to Switch.
0: Is it really? Which surprised me. That is weird.
1: Because of the type of game it is. It's yeah. It's like a
0: car combat. That is kind of unusual. Uh, even though, you know, Mario Kart, but technically different.
1: Kart Racer combat is a little different. Yeah. yeah.
0: We have Nico Para, uh Volume 1. I swear that was last week's as well. We have Noir Chronicles City of Crime for PS4. Omen of Sorrow for PS4.
1: Is that a fighting game? I played that. Uh, if, Omen if it of is. Sorrow. Yeah, oh, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, 2D battle system inspired yeah. by the classics. Cool. I
1: played that at uh, PSX. It's actually pretty cool.
0: Hmm. We have Road Redemption for PS4. The shape-shifting detective for PS4. Skytime for PS4. Star Bear Taxi for PSVR. That's Steel cool. Rats for PS4. Siren for PSVR. And let's see, Tetris Effect for PS4, The Forest for PS4, Timber Tennis Versus for PS4, Transpose for PS4. And that's it on the list PSVR. for this week's. Yeah, PSVR. That happens to me sometimes. Like, I don't know, I know why.
1: I know. Hey, scroll up real quick. Uh, I want to see uh, The Forest. Uh, go down. The forest. It's in the T's. Um, oh. Okay, that is the game I remember. That game looks kind of cool, and I remember when they first announced it. I don't know if I'll like it. Or not, but I'm going to look more into it since it's out. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm it's, trying to find games that, yeah, I have a couple of games in this December season that are, you know, throughout November and December that I want to try and pick up on once Red Dead or even playing alongside Red Dead. Because the, the truth about Red Dead is that I may end up playing it in such a slow burn that I don't even have it beat by the time November's done. I don't know. That
0: could be possible. I don't even know if I would be by November technically, unless I just spend some real time with it.
1: Yeah. And I think the difference may be that you'll play it more but you won't necessarily constrain yourself to doing on, only story. But I think even if I played it doing only story with the way that I'm playing it currently, I can't see myself getting done with it anytime soon. So I don't know. We'll see. I may try and sit down on one day and just be like, you know what? Screw everything else I have to do. I'm going to play for four hours straight and see, and what it see does. if it pulls me or not. And if it doesn't pull me, then I. And but it also doesn't push me away too much. I may keep it and just keep playing an hour or two here. But and if there. it doesn't
0: vibe with you at all, you could just trade it in at that point. True.
1: Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Okay. I will figure that out. But
0: well, well Brett, why don't we head into this weeklies? Technically, last week. This is how that news works. You know, this is all from the true price. Yes. But uh, we have. So, hey, if you've been following news. the
1: news, then I mean, hey, we're not going to t- tell you anything that you didn't already know. But in case you wanted to know. First up, indie game Undertale's creator recently began sending cryptic tweets out that eventually led to the announcement of what is currently known as Deltarune, which Corey so quickly even mentioned the fact that it is an anagram of Undertale, so that's cool. And apparently it has a lot of the items in the game have got anagrams of other stuff, which is an interesting setup. It's very Kingdom Heartsy in that sense. Uh, anyway, the game appears to be some sort of sequel or spiritual successor uh for undertale uh with there being a demo available on pc uh, on of the first section of the game i don't know if that is planned to come to consoles or not it makes more sense that it happened this way on pc um but we will see how that ends up going if i remember undertale was originally a pc game that slowly made its way to all the consoles
0: yeah if i remember correctly it was it came to ps4 first by like a little bit but not by much but I could be wrong. It could have been a wide release and it all came across. But it was this year. It's not been too long ago yeah, that it yeah. finally came over. And Undertale's been a thing now for almost
1: two years, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It came to Vita like only a year ago. Did It It didn't come to Vita at all, did it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. I could be way wrong, but I'm pretty sure Undertale came to Vita. Hold on. Let's do some research here. 2015, didn't. so three years. Wow. I can't believe it's been three years.
0: Mm. Um. Cause if it did, I may pick it up on Vita instead. Yeah, I don't know what the date was. It says out now.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought so. I think it was last PSX to announce that, but it may have been E three. Huh. Interesting. That was there's like
0: no marketing in that for some reason.
1: Yep. Either way, we will see the next thing up on the list. And I find this more interesting than anything because it goes to show that. Games have been handled in a very different way this generation, thankfully. But DreamWorks have announced Dragons: Dawn of New Riders, a game set in the world of their successful How to Train Your Dragon franchise. Uh, alongside screenshots of the game featuring a new dragon and rider duo, these screens show a third-person isometric camera, which is interesting. That's that at least sets it up to where I'm not instantly like, no. uh, And it's kind of in the vein of like a Diablo-style world, but it shares the art style seen in the animated movies, but obviously a a slightly more cartoony take since the animation is cartoony, but it leans towards realism in a couple of areas. Um, uh, And the game is currently set to launch in February 2019, which coincides with the release of the new movie on guess what date, Saul? February 22nd. You're joking. I was going to say 14th for Valentine's Day, but... February 22nd is when the movie and this game are going to come out. Here's the interesting thing. That game's going to die. Oh, probably. But outside of how well it's going to honestly perform, here's what's interesting about this. New characters, not a movie tie-in, despite the fact that it's... It's smart to capitalize on the movie's... uh, Popularity. ...and and popularity by releasing a game around the series at the same time. But I do like that they're being smart and not trying to make it a movie tie-in where it's the exact same game. Uh, They're going with completely different characters, whereas... The Amazing Spider-Man series were not movie tie-ins, but they also were, because they were like sequels to the movies. Like, Amazing Spider-Man 1 took place after the first movie. It was very weird. Uh, but it was cool, because it was better than replaying the movie that I just watched.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I'd rather have the movie, though. I'd I, rather have the movie, like, the game based loosely on the movie... Than to have a uh, like a non canon uh, a non canon sequel.
1: No, it was a it was a canonical sequel as far as the game is concerned. There's no way
0: that is like no. I'm talking about uh, uh, like the Sony Spider-Man universe. That's considered. Uh, there's no way.
1: i I will look Th- that for Spider-Man sure.
0: game is canonical and it and it works that way.
1: As far as it says now, the second game I don't know, but the first one yes. That's weird. I really don't like that. That's that's worse. <laughs> that's a lot worse. <laughs> I don't know. It was we. It was better than playing the game to me. It was better than just playing the story again. So that's just uh, I guess a set of Batman Begins
0: on GameCube was a good game.
1: I never even played that. I forgot that that game. I forgot that that was so old that that was GameCube and PS2. Yeah, and I guess that's even good, Xbox. Good movie. Yeah, and that's not a bad movie by any standard. Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting, but I I'm curious to see because I actually think that this is a franchise that makes sense for a game. Uh, to I I think that this makes a good action adventure game. You know, I think it it would definitely play off well. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen How to Train Your Dragon, but you knew that. I I, keep, I I knew it, but I've forgotten it. Yep. Now that you've refreshed my memory, I remember the the sense of betrayal that I felt when you hadn't watched it. It's a good movie. Yeah, I'm not into kids' movies. Man then turns around and watches like Spirited Away. Yeah, you're you, you're in for a a sad story whenever uh, the events. I'm just of the joking, down. joking. By the way, everybody. <laughs> Don't go crazy. No, on hop on Saw. End. If you've watched How to Train Your Dragon and it's obviously a good movie, tell he needs to watch it. No. That's like saying that you haven't seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too, which you probably No, you haven't. knew
0: that. You gave me the Blu ray. I still have never watched it.
1: Of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs too? I don't no, know. No, yet, one. the first one. First one is also great. They're good movies. Really I just love Sony animations animation style. That's what makes the inner the spider verse look so good to me. It's like a, it, they have top notch animation. It's so good. They they do they are the rock star if you want to consider rock star that with Red Dead they they have been doing what Red Dead has done right now with all this small minutia detail they've done that in their animated movies for so long like the smallest things that really shouldn't even matter are just are there perfect yeah there it's really stupid but I love it um, anyway I will go to the next thing Sony have announced plans to release a two terabyte PS4 Pro in Japan which I am positive will make its way over west uh, I wonder. If this is based off of the fact that they have the 2 um 50 or, you know, whatever, 500,000. Well, it's probably because games are getting 500 huge. 500 million edition. Yeah. Game, <laughs> and, and because games are getting too Yeah, heavy. games are getting
0: huge, so we need that.
1: Yeah, which actually we have something coming up on that about size and how that's going to affect something uh, in the news a little bit down the line. But I will save it for its spot. So I don't get lost in here. Next up, Supermassive Games, Man of Medan. So this is the people that made Until Dawn. It uh, has received a new trailer on Halloween, introducing the curator, who is an omniscient narrator to the choices and events happening to the characters. And now, what's interesting about this is that this very much seems like you played Until Dawn, right? Okay, this very much seems like the role that the therapist took on in Until Dawn,
0: which is cool because that was a really like really cool role.
1: Yeah, I loved it. But this is actually this is even more interesting because this is where it gets interesting while each game in the series will be separate we talked about that a few weeks back uh as was confirmed before it is confirmed that the curator will be an ever present part of each new game so despite the fact that the stories will be separate and the cast will change he will be a through line um is it the same actor yes every That's cool. single time i like that a lot I and there's like there's there a lot of story into it so he has been doing this forever he doesn't know if there's a, uh, he doesn't know if there's a beginning to when he's done it. They talked about this and they they talked about the fact that he understands the rules. He can view these things. He's like a voyeur of their situation, but he cannot he typically can't communicate, but the way they're treating it is since you're the player, they're using this for some kind of like player agency in this. And like a, a weird fourth wall breaking thing Well, where, it could be
0: similar to how jo- it dealt with Josh and in in, in, in until Don in a way, Well, um, it was almost like an exposition style, like narrative that they gave you
1: to some extent, but there's even more in this. So like what they're doing is he realizes now that he can talk to you, the player. So like you change the way he can do things. Normally he knows how things are like he, he, can see how things are going, what they're going to happen, and can pick up on things, but he can't communicate with the characters themselves. But you, being the player, he can he can communicate with you, but he can't do it straightforwardly. So weird. His inclusion is set to potentially aid players by not interfering with your actions, but offering up cryptic and ambiguous hints to try and steer players towards things they might otherwise miss. But it's never straightforward now, if this is actually this sounds really cool, and if they can make this work out like it sounds like on paper right now, because it's real easy to make something like that sound really interesting, but then fail to capitalize on it when you actually put it into practice, but I think that this sounds super cool. I trust them and until dawn's a great game, and I've actually been debating going back and getting the platinum because the only reason I didn't is because my boo died and it broke my heart. Uh, but that that's okay. it happens. you know that's what these games are about um but i think that's really cool and my initial thought and even the way they showed him and in, in the like the the trailer has him speaking and i was like man this is so reminiscent of what they chose to do with the therapist i was like that's really a great idea um yeah it's so, a really unique idea as well yeah because you know that's and it's another way to break them up from the fact that they are stylistically very similar to what you see with games like uh Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls and of course this year Detroit. So when you're playing alongside those, the thing that Until Dawn had going for it was obviously the fact that it was just a straight up horror game, which was good. Uh, So it was also like a horror slash thriller, whereas Heavy Rain was like a psychological thriller to an extent, but it's going even further by introducing this other character who plays as like a weird narrator slash like he's telling you about what he's observing in a weird way. And, and, Definitely in Until Dawn, it wasn't like he was it what he didn't have the same role of being omniscient, but he had this thing where everything he was saying somehow was even though he wasn't meaning it to, it was more like a exposition from like you were sitting in his chair. Yeah. And that's what I liked about it. That's but it was what I tying mean. into the things I I like how the game made you choose like what you were scared of. And what was funny about that is like when you're playing it, you think like, Oh, they're gonna try and utilize this on me later. But what was funny, they don't. They go through that book, and like you're, you're thinking that you're setting the game up to be optimally scary for you, and all it does is create this weird sense of tension where you keep waiting for something to happen that never does. And I actually thought that was a brilliant way to go about that. So we will see what happens with them, and I'm really excited for this idea. If they it, Remember we talked about it's supposed to be pumping out two per year. If they can do this at a quality rate, I'm down. Yeah, it'll be pretty cool. They need to have a platinum, every single one of them. I agree. I think so. Um, Next up, though, another Halloween trailer that came in was the medieval remake for PS4. For the first time, we saw the game in its full glory. So it's acting as a ground-up remake instead of a remaster, thankfully. Uh, We already knew that, but it's cool to finally visually see it. So it features uh, faithfully redesigned environments utilizing the new hardware to better realize the world around Sir Daniel, which is great to me because they were showing like comparisons of what you saw from the 19... was that, 98 release, I think is what it was, on the original game. And they were kind of comparing the two, and it's like, well, in this one, it was kind of flat, and they were trying to use textures to give depth in weird areas, but it wasn't working very well because you're working on very constrained hardware at the time, even though that game looked great when it came out. But now they're able to actually add like canyons and valleys and brushes that are coming up, and like our brush that's coming up, and like plants and whatnot, and then a bridge that actually has depth instead of looking like a flat texture that you can just walk across. It's beautiful. I like the art style a lot. It does exactly what I was hoping it would do, which is it, it sticks towards the style, and all it does is gives it a more modern twist because of the fact that you can do so. It's almost like brushing up and and just refining what was already existing, but now you don't have all the pixels and you know. Uh, texture limitations that you had on the PS1. So this is very similar to what Spyro is doing, where it looks very much so like what the original game did, but they're putting this extra twist on it. Because it's like, well, they've they've taken very small liberties with the art style because you've never seen the art style in its full glory. But anyway, I didn't know. Were you ever a fan of that series? Uh, I I only got to play it when I
0: was younger and I stayed at my cousin's house. So I didn't get to play much of it. Uh, But I was rooting for it to come back when I heard it was rumored to come back. So... I really, it certainly looks interesting. It's something that I'm not sure if I'll pick up, but you know, if it's a slow weekend and it goes on sale, then yeah, probably.
1: Sure. Uh, anyway, otherwise, the core gameplay is ex- gameplay experience is going to be very similar to what the original game was. Very mo- moderate tweaks, like you saw with Crash Bandicoot. Uh, so, longtime fans should feel well at home with it, but new players should feel. Like they come into it and it should feel a little bit better to them in comparison to what the original game did. Uh, no release date was given yet other than a twenty nineteen window. I'm curious to see where they end up slapping that. It would be a good excuse me, it would be a good Halloween release if they chose to go that route with it. Kinda like what they did with Until Dawn. Wait until closer to Halloween and then really heavily market it during Halloween. Even though Until Dawn came out like August. September? I wanted to say it may have been an August. Uh, release. Either the,
0: it, it had to have been the first week of
1: September, though. but they ended up doing the big marketing push because they had no marketing beforehand, but it was already somewhat of a sleeper hit. Then they utilized the fact that it had done better and had good word of mouth and then started marketing it very heavily around Halloween. And they saw a great sales boost because of that, which was cool. You can scroll down. It'll be, it should be somewhere around there.
0: I oh, says initial.
1: Yeah. Who knows? I can't remember the exact date, August 25th. Look at you go. You did it, Saul. You smart man. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well,
0: yeah. I'll say technically that's a YouTube date, but it's the launch trailer. So, in that area.
1: Yeah, close enough. Close enough. (laughs) So, maybe September. We will see. Um, We'll go back and confirm that at some point in time, Saul, just to see who was right. Now it's just a competition. Um, Next up, the Resident Evil 2 remake will also... Uh, it got more information on Halloween and it will include classic costumes unlockable directly from the game. Uh, So Capcom announced this with both Leon and Claire's classic outfits from the original Resident Evil 2 uh, making their way into this game and thankfully not as DLC or any kind of microtransaction situation. You can get them directly from in the game. That's great to hear. Some fans though were really mad because Claire, you know in the original game she had her costume where it's like a red vest and it had the black sleeves coming down she had the black gloves. Well, they kept like the little black short things that are like, you know, the compression shorts underneath her little booty shorts she's got on. But up top, it's just the red vest. It yeah. doesn't have the sleeves. It doesn't have the, like, it has an undershirt.
0: It's a, it's, it's kind of a,
1: it's it's a, it's a weird
0: like design choice in my opinion.
1: Well, it makes it kind of, it makes her kind of look a little odd to me in terms of her being in that situation. Cause it looks, which is not that weird to say, but it's just that it wasn't there originally. But I think this is a very interesting thing where you see people who are really passionate about things. And this is why remakes get so, so st- so sticky realistically and that's why even with what we've seen so far final fantasy 7 remake it's been so split because some people are like well that doesn't look exactly like the cloud that we had and this is different and what are they going to do in here and, and now oh it's not it, this people will come
0: way too i would say picky because yeah. like, even though it's different, it just, it's weird to look at, but that doesn't mean I'm hating the game or not going to get the game because of it. Yeah, well,
1: there are some people that are saying they're there not going to get the game. Yeah, there are
0: some extremists out there.
1: Sure. I mean, it's just, you know, we talk about it all the time. There is an outrage culture that as soon as they see something goes away. Now, look, I'm not saying that they shouldn't try and go back and make it more accurate. Maybe they should. Even if it's just because visually, to me, it looks slightly more odd on screen than if she had the gloves. She looks more combat ready with the rest of the stuff. You know what I mean? And it makes her look more like she's some form of an operative with what they showed, it almost looks like she's just a random girl who was like out on a night of the town and got caught up in some zombie situation. But I don't know about that for sure. Uh, next thing is Bando Namco Bandai Namco have announced that Dragon Ball fighters has topped 3.5 million units in shipments and digital sales combined leading the game to be quite a success, which is good for them. You know, I gotta say, I knew the game would do well and the Dragon Ball series tends to do decently well, but 3.5 million for a, for a fighting game is pretty interesting, but that's cool. Saul, did you ever even get around to playing Dragon Ball Fighters at all? I sure didn't. You never even played my copy or against me at all, did you? Nope. I means I picked it up on Switch at one point when it was on
0: sale, but I just missed that. And... Oh, I
1: forgot that game came to Switch. Are you sure that one did, or was it Xenoverse? No,
0: both of them did. Xenoverse 2. Actually, I think the first two Xenoverse did in a collection, both of them came? but I might be
1: wrong. But yeah, this game did too. Cool. That's good. Um, I wonder if it looks as crisp, because I'll tell you, man, the one thing about Dragon Ball Fighters that was awesome is that they looked... So it's the first time in a game they felt so close to the show. It was very beautiful. Gorgeous. Uh, Next up though, what we were talking about with size when we were talking about the hard drive issue. Uh, And this is more of an issue on terms of the disc, but it does tie into what red dead ended up doing with the two, disc situation is uh, despite the delay of Spyro reignited trilogy, we now have confirmation. And this is from, um, Oh Lord, achievement Hunter. They down, they went down to toys for Bob's and did like a uh, Bob or whatever and did a interview and they were going kind of touring through and they finally asked the question and they got confirmation there. So what we have now is that there will be some downloading required to play the second and third game in the series. So originally, just so we're aware the, the two games would have to be downloaded in their entirety. Uh, this was before the delay, whenever that came up and there was some uproar over that, but now it appears that they've managed to get part of each game on the disc uh, but it you will have to requ- you will ugh, it will require a download of some sort to get it up to par. Now I think that this is interesting because it's unfortunate for people who still don't have internet at home like Corey, and these, this is going to affect yeah, the people who terrible. would have otherwise potentially bought the game. Uh, but it will satiate those people who were more wondering about how buying and selling the game used were going to work. Because of course, like Blake always talks about with the Vita. Um, and it's something that I meant to mention. I forgot about if you play the Sly Cooper trilogy on Vita, buying it physically, you don't want to buy it used because if you buy it used uh, the first and the first and second game were on the disc or on the cartridge, the third game was a download code. Arguably if, the best. Yeah. So if you download it, two's the best, but <laughs> I, I know I'm just saying that's a are way. I know. Uh, but if you buy the game used and of course, uh, if the The code may be in there but you have two problems it'll either be expired at this point so you have so it won't work anyway yeah cause whoever
0: published this game thought it was a good idea to make those codes expirable which is stupid
1: <laughs> if you're gonna make them expirable at least make it like a hundred years from now you know what I mean like yeah. if you have to put a date on it because of like something in the system fine but regardless, uh, that's the setup. So what people I think were worried about with Spyro is that, is that if they did that, the second and the third game were going to be download codes. And, of course, that means buying the game used would mean that you were only guaranteed the, guaranteed first, one. the first game. Uh, and then, of course, selling it used, you would not get your full value's worth because they'd go, well, only one of the games is on the disc now. So we're only going to give you 7 bucks for this game you spent $40 that, on. That's
0: where, in my opinion, GameStop shouldn't, you shouldn't be allowed to trade those kind of games in. If it's, forced, uh, if it's content that is forced, uh, if like if you're paying for a collection and you're forced to have to download something else from an external source that comes in the box that may be used,
1: you shouldn't be able to trade that in. I mean, I can kind of agree with that because it makes it sets weird expectations. Definitely in a game where you're only getting one of the three, at least in Sly's case, you're getting two of the three. But, I mean, still missing out on one doesn't change the fact that it's a, kind of a bad setup. But it is what it is. Um, I think that that's, I I don't know. I I don't really know how much this is going to affect people on seems like a lose
0: lose no matter what. But just the way the game was made from a single disc standpoint to now this, people people will really slow internet. Like Donovan, if Donovan gets his game, you know how long is it going to take him to install this stuff to play it? Uh, Then you got people like Corey who is in pretty much the same boat of slow to no internet speed at all. Uh, It's just it's it's an unfortunate situation that you know shouldn't be a thing
1: yeah i don't know in my opinion i will be curious to see how that affects the game if it really does but basically what it sounds like is that they wanted to keep the game at that 40 dollars price point and because of the fact that the games are so big they were able to fit a little bit of two and three on there so that basically the downloading of those games would just be considered like an update more than a full game install how much was crash i don't know size wise i really don't know I could like pull 60, the case and look. Was it 60
0: gigs for everything?
1: I don't think so because all three games were playable from the disc. day one, No update. So That's right. They, so they had to have been smaller than 50 gigs because that's what the disc size is. Yeah. So when you think about it in that sense, it sounds like – or close to 50. It's, it's right around that ballpark. Maybe 51, maybe 49, something like that. Um, but essentially when you think about it that way – it's weird to me to think that Spyro is that much bigger, but maybe they went... It's just, I think it's,
0: in my opinion, more poorly optimized. Because Spyro doesn't look as good as Crash does to me.
1: Actually, I agree. So I Now, think, that may be an art style choice more than anything. And, well, and the games, to be
0: fair, uh, to clarify a little bit, the games are a little different. Spyro is a little bit more open-worldy and uses
1: bigger spaces. It's hub world, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, that may have an effect on it um and you know what despite the fact that i love the spyro games i've never played uh i played it but i never beat uh the third game what ripto's rage or is our enter the, dragon. Is that enter what it the was? dragon that's what it was yeah i was gonna say ripto's, ripto's rage, rage is, is the second one yeah uh so yeah i played and beat that one uh but it's been a long time so not playing enter the dragon maybe it was a massively different game and i just i, I played it but i never got far enough to know if it was vastly different or not so there's that um, but it's going to have its own effect and I don't really know that that situation helps but it's it's what they've done and I guess it's a better answer because it's, it's a half step and then I guess in that sense at least you kind of satiate one group of people even if you're still putting out the people with no internet
0: I don't yeah no nah, man nah. nope just lose-lose all around for me
1: hey take your PlayStation up to McDonald's take your PlayStation and your TV pluck it in and then eat McDonald's for the next five days while it slowly downloads.
0: Yeah, I was, I was wondering where you're gonna go with that because I'm like, yeah, you get internet. It's not good internet. Do
1: you think McDonald's partnered with Activision to make sure that this game ended up this way so that they could get people... <laughs> I think I think the McDonald's uh, partnered
0: with your local police department to kick uh, people who are soliciting off their property because <laughs> that's exactly what that kind of stuff is.
1: What <laughs> soliciting? I, I mean, well, no, it's not you're really not soliciting. soliciting. It's. You're, uh, uh, Damn, what do they call it when you're just there but you're not buying anything? Uh, I don't know. Loitering. Yeah, loitering.
0: I, I get those two mixed up all the time for some reason.
1: Oh, man. They're both
0: very similar things in a way.
1: Next thing, Dragon Quest Builders 2, and this was never a question in my opinion, but it is nice to see it confirmed, has been confirmed for the West and will be coming this way in 2019 at some point. No confirmation there. But what I did weirdly learn from seeing this, and I did not know this because I don't have a Switch and you know, I don't anymore, and I never bought any of the Square Enix games for Switch, but apparently Nintendo publishes all the Square Enix games in the West for the, for the Switch or in Japan if it requires a physical release
0: uh that's that switch tax on Final fantasy 10
1: now that probably i didn't even think about that uh, we were talking about the, it being the publisher's fault but if it's not ever gonna go it's nintendo's fault <laughs> that is so wild though man I, I well it's smart on square's part to be honest because they're mitigating risks oh they are i mean that's very smart on their and part. And people
0: are gonna pay that price for final fantasy 10 and Ten Two 2 remasters to like without question
1: that's what's funny is I've seen people like uh, – I, I even saw Sean kind of being like, well, I, I can justify it. But it is hard to justify because the only qualifying factor against it versus PS4 is that it's – it's um, Handheld. Portable. Yeah. But the problem with that is that that game already came out on Vita, and you can buy it on Vita for less than $20. I will
0: say, though, there are a lot of people who don't have a Vita or don't want a Vita. Oh, sure. And that have a Switch. Sure. So I, I will say that – But it,
1: it means that, that that premium, when you're spending $20 – it's $40, right? Well, the premium wouldn't matter if you if you had the option to buy it somewhere else cheaper. The that, premium only matters for people who don't have that option. Sure, but I mean, I think like we say, and it's obviously not one hundred percent true. But I think a lot of people already have a PS4, and I think it'd be a really hard sell for the people who ho- own a Switch and a PS4 who just maybe wanted to play it. Yeah, totally and that, and that's want to go. But is it is it really worth getting it for another twenty bucks? And some of those people may already own the game on PS4.
0: I bought dead cells to play on the couch. That was twenty bucks. Yeah, Enter the Gungeon was twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, but those games were also twenty dollars on PS4. So you were just paying for well, the I'm game just paying twice. twenty dollars extra too. Yeah, but, but it's the same
0: equivalent as if if something costs twenty dollars on PSN. I'm like, I'll pay twenty dollars extra to buy it on, to play it on my couch. It's the same it's the same amount of money.
1: It's the same amount of money, but it's diff- very, very different principle.
0: Not really. Yes, it is. I only bought those because games to so play one, on my couch.
1: Yeah, but you are buying it at the fair price of what's going on. The game is the same price on both things. Oh, I see what you're saying. You From a bought fair it, price perspective. Yeah. So when you go to look at it, say you already own it on PS4, right? But you're like, but I want to I also want to buy it again. The the only thing that should be the incentive to buy it again, it should be the exact same price, and the incentive should be that I want to play it on my couch and I'd like it to be portable. So it should only be twenty dollars, same price as it is on PS4, or worst case scenario middle ground at 30 i will say though and i think that that's the the biggest thing is why are they not even doing this meeting in the middle thing why are they trying to go well you know what this game's been out for literally six years on every other platform in terms of like you've been able to get a form of final fantasy 10 remastered since ps3 yeah and actually the ps3 and the vita version came out at the same time wow i did not know that yeah so when you go forward from that Are very close to each other, at least. I'm pretty sure it was the exact same time. Uh, And then the PS4 one came later. But when you can buy the game on those other consoles where it actually even look and run better, that's the other thing. On PS4, it looks and runs way better than it's going to look on Switch. Yeah. And that's just an unfortunate truth. But it's really hard to not go, okay, well, look, maybe this is the first time that Nintendo players will ever get to play this game if they've never been on anything but our systems. But that does not make the game suddenly double what it was on something else when it's an old game. And I don't mean old like Final Fantasy X because Final Fantasy X's, Old now. Like 12 years old? But when you're talking about something that, even by next-gen standards, it's old. Well, Well, Fantasy X came out on PS... like three years ago why am i paying 20 dollars more for something on switch for no reason i i I really don't love the idea of the switch tax it's i I will say pain in the ass
0: i don't know if there's evidence behind this but i have heard multiple people say that due to the uh cost of putting it on the cart is more expensive than putting it on blu-ray that is true so that that's where some people say that it mitigates the cost now not trying to back up nintendo here now again 30
1: dollars, right sure I paid $10 more for the fact that you had to go through a slightly harder process of getting the game to run on to, on this console physically. But then why does that matter for digital people? Oh, 2001. I don't know, what I think it was 2006. No, it's 2001. It yeah. came before Kingdom Hearts 1 yeah. in 2002. Uh, but no, that's my thing is like th- and this is where the whole all digital Kingdom thing gets even worse, old. right? Wow. When you think about this, if the only reason it's more expensive physically is because of the cartridge, then the the discount it should be discounted uh, even if it I mean, right, that's what, it should that, be discounted. Digital. That's
0: a whole another conversation though, because that's, that is. I, I'm going to blame GameStop 100 percent and other major retailers for that, because that's the only reason that digital discounts aren't more of a thing.
1: Because they don't want to break their relationships yep. up. Yeah, no, that's so. actually true. While they still need them, but the, no, the less and less they need I, them, the more balls they're going to they get. They need them. Well, you're already seeing that to an extent, right? You're seeing games come out physically for ten dollars more either day-in-day or later. No, I'm talking about the need uh, for
0: these retailers. Oh, I know,
1: but I'm saying you're already seeing some of what I'm talking about where they're going to start taking the risk regardless because indie games that are launching day and day Oh, the other side of what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, or what I um, was thinking. Perfect example, Origami. I got that physically. That game was $10 more than if I would have bought it digitally, but it was also a special edition for buying it physical. So it was a little bit different, but it was $10 more. GameStop got it. I paid $10 more for it. And I could have gotten it for ten dollars cheaper digitally. I just prefer physical, so I paid that, but that goes to show that there's already people that are doing that, like well, we have the game digitally for twenty bucks, but since and we're going to go out of our way to put it on physical, we'll charge a little bit more and let's not forget that twin motion and um ooh.
0: I can't remember the name the uh, devs for Desk Gambit, but the pre-order discounts. Oh, White Rabbit. Games. Yeah, White Rabbit, that's what it was.
1: Yeah, but, and they had yeah, they had discounts for pre-ordering it, you're almost right. five bucks too. So
0: like 15 bucks for those games is a really good deal. Steal. But let's get back on track.
1: On track. In an interesting move and this is truly interesting. Sony have announced a partnership with, with Lenovo that will allow Lenovo to utilize their PS VR design to create their own VR headset. In a statement from Riley Russell, who's the chief legal officer for Sony Interactive Entertainment, he says, quote, this agreement with Lenovo is a testament to the quality of PSVR's design, as well as SIE's commitment to creating great virtual reality experiences and helping the VR industry expand, end quote. This is a really weird situation, and I'm curious to see where it leads, but it makes sense for two reasons they are often the PSVR is often lauded as the most comfortable of, of definitely the big high quality VR things like the Samsung gear VR are very lightweight, but they're very limited in what you can and can't do because they're powered by a phone. Uh, so there's that, but they're, they're lauded for being the most comfortable. And of course this is a smart business decision for Sony because it expands the VR market for them in general so that if they ever make another VR headset, which is almost a a given at this point, they're going to do it. Um, if Lenovo does anything to that design and it finds a way to improve upon it, they automatically get that back. If that comes down to it. Uh, that's that's great for them. It helps get more VR people out there and expand that market. And of course, they're making money off the partnership anyway. I'm sure that they they are getting some kind of a back end off of every unit sold. Or they're getting an upfront charge. Whatever it is, the partnership, it makes I don't see this being downside for them anywhere. No, I don't either. And, because Lenovo is not going to compete with them in the market territory, in the console market territory anyway.
0: Well, and another way to think about it too is that Lenovo, uh, for those that don't know, have a laptop called the ThinkPad, which is one of the most used, if not the most used, business laptop for uh, a lot of companies to give their employees. Yep. Uh, this, so common. we could see that this become more of a thing too of VR in the workplace for stuff like architects. Be quite cool to do.
1: We no, they already have it in a. You know, with what I do, I do furniture design, yeah. and furniture drawing, a three D setup. I'm sure you could do like a three D tour
0: of the product. Basically. You can, yeah. And so, so what you can
1: do is you can draw up the entire room, and then you can tell it to render it in three D. And then if you have the stuff set up, you can actually strap on a VR headset, and you can have the people physically walk through. That's cool. Yeah, what would be their office. Now you have to have a very large area to do that. Yeah, but that would that would help you sell definitely big jobs when they're unsure about it and they're like, oh, I want to see it. Well, seeing it in even a 3D rendering that we print or send to you is good enough or it's better than what you don't have. But VR is a really interesting way. And we talk about that all the time or a lot of people talk about all the time. But we've talked about it, too, about VR being so much more than just gaming. Like what what uses does it have and how can it really help other markets? And that's actually a really interesting one to me. I remember when they first talked about it like a year ago, I was like, wow, that's a brilliant idea. A, a truly brilliant idea because definitely when you get these jobs that are a $1.1 million job and you're spending a million dollars on furniture that you may or may not be comfortable in spending, being able to get somebody in that situation, even though we can't, the custom, the companies that do have that ability set up, that has gotta be worth it to them. Yeah. What they're paying for that VR setup is way, worth uh, it. Yeah,
0: way more than way, more, way more than the cost that they uh, have to sink in
1: and it's just because you it,
0: sell you sell one to a company that's like just say you're out 600 bucks for in general for the, what you have sure how many sales you're gonna make because you have that yeah you're and then and
1: pay for itself the more of them that start to be made and sold and the more bulk that they can be made in it'll drive the cost of materials down and eventually they'll be able to slowly lower the cost of vr in general so it's a good thing for the proliferation of the of the platform in general and i just mean the market platform so vr uh Next thing up, Red Dead Redemption 2 enjoyed the biggest opening weekend of all time. are you ready for this? With oh. over $725 million in worldwide sell-through, physically Dang. and digitally. That's a lot. During its first three days, and with it, earning a number of benchmark credentials. So it's been the most pre-ordered full game ever on PSN. Biggest day one full game sales on PSN. Biggest first three days. Uh, full game sales ever on PSN biggest entertainment launch of 2018 obviously which is pretty interesting going against something like uh, the Avengers movie you know and it well well outperformed the Avengers movie yeah that's true Um, so and then of course it's the second biggest launch three days uh, in retail sell through across all entertainment releases so apparently something else beat it in the three day but it beat everything else in the opening I wonder what it was me too, but it didn't it wasn't there and I was really
0: Maybe maybe Affinity War speaking of Avengers?
1: Maybe. Maybe. Actually. Well, this is retail.
0: Oh, yeah. I don't think you're going to be selling maybe GTA 5.
1: I don't know, man.
0: Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. I I really don't know what else would
1: have beat this. GTA 5 next gen port maybe? No,
0: I I don't think the next gen port sold it as well as the first one did in the uh, the launch window. Like, yeah, I know it sold incredible
1: numbers, but I don't think it sold the numbers that it did at Well, yeah, because of course GTA 5 wouldn't have gotten to where it was without the PS4 sales. No doubt. Man, what would
0: that have been? I don't Three know. Three days, we retails. can guess for it
1: forever, but I don't think we'll ever figure it uh, out. I don't think we will either. My mind wants to lean towards the obvious things like Star Wars. Well, this is like. what are you buying, though? Like, Blu-rays? Because you ain't talking about
0: Battlefront 2.
1: Yeah. I'm not talking about gaming. So this is entertainment in general. So this could yeah, be Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, but a Blu-rays?
0: Like, you think somebody has bought $725 million of the Blu-rays in the first two days of something coming out? No. Absolutely not. I'd be surprised if there's $725 million of the Blu-rays of Star Wars on the day it comes out. Across the entire United States. Let alone... I wonder. If, I
1: wonder if potentially we're misinterpreting this because of the way that it gives you context beforehand. That maybe this is sell through number uh, in terms of quantity and not the now, money. Yeah,
0: now that I could see, I could because seven hundred twenty-five million Blu-ray movies is is a lot, but but
1: yeah, well, not if you're getting the you know fifty-dollar digital DVD and Blu-ray 4K HD
0: bundle so you get one you're never gonna watch and then you get the regular one yeah that's why those bundles suck who wants a DVD bundled into their Blu-rays who, who, at that point who's gonna watch it what are you gonna do give the code to your friend most
1: people give the game, Most people give the DVD disc away well, that's worth the extra $5 you pay for it well a lot of them Charity. don't give you the option you know you only have the, 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 the it's stupid. It's bundle to buy it's stupid I bought the 8 Mile
0: special edition from Target and uh, it came with the DVD in it and I'm like
1: I have the Blu-ray why do i need a dvd <laughs> dvds are so cheap they just put it in there and go I, it has to be you can watch it on your playstation we have 30 million
0: eight mile dvds laying in a warehouse let's just package them
1: together and send them all out <laughs> you know has what? To be. that's probably what it is it, it, take it out of that package we're just yeah, gonna sell it this way it has to be bundled together we'll price it three dollars higher than it otherwise it would have been and we'll still make money off of it
0: who knows even though i doubt there's 30 million uh dvds mile anywhere, that movie is ace yeah the movie,
1: movie is fantastic good, good movie uh okay last thing up on the list of so the rumors from last month were accurate and we now have our november ps plus games announced starting november 6th plus members will have access to bullet storm full clip edition and yakuza kiwami on ps4 the other titles titles are as follows i feel like i'm so loose mouth today jack box party pack 2 welcome PS4. to my life. <laughs> Kato. I assume this is Arcado, uh, Arcado series for PS3, Burley Minute C for Vita and PS4 cross and Roundabout for Vita and PS4 cross as well. And then one last little thing and I like when they do this, H1Z1 fans uh, who use PS Plus also have access to the PlayStation Plus Blue Shift pack until November 13th. It comes with like a schematic for a gun, a hoodie and like a vehicle of some sort, uh, which is interesting. I, I like when they do those little additive things or I like them even more when they're games. I don't like that random Destiny two thing, just out of the blue. What that was random kinda, Destiny two thing? Well, Destiny two wasn't the game for the month. That was an that was a random like. Oh, remember they? Th- I thought you're talking about you like that. Oh the no, it's not, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. No, Destiny two was the game for the month. I'm confusing it with a uh, Black Ops three. Oh yeah, Black Ops three was the random full game where at. E3 they were like oh yeah by the way this sounds like a cosmetic pack though not a you game get a month for that. no h one z one's not a game that's what I'm saying I prefer it when it's a game oh okay yeah uh, I do too I thought h- you were saying H1Z1 is a game but you get a pack for free
0: okay well, that makes sense
1: kind of like they do with Warframe every now and then and stuff like that where if you're a PS Plus member they give you oh here's a, a certain pack. pack of platinums yeah something like that So I haven't played that game in forever I don't know if that's even correct I don't know if they do that on PS Plus to be fair so won't get into that but Saul do you want to hop into the reader mail
0: Sure thing. For those that don't know, Reader Mail is our weekly segment where we answer your burning questions and desires that we ask you guys to ask us on Twitter. Every Wednesday and every Friday, we post a tweet up, and uh, we hope you respond. We take uh, two from Twitter, one from Facebook. Don't forget to go there as well. That means we also post
1: on Facebook, yeah.
0: We also post on Facebook, and uh, we answer those questions on the air. Whatever we don't answer, we save them up, and we put them towards an episode that is likely going to crash in the middle of it, like this October's <laughs> rear Mail did. Um, but anyways, let's get on. We're, our first question. Have you... Ha, oop, sorry, my mouse was in the way. I almost said have bad. I have had Red Dead Reditions 2 ending spoiled for me from a random on Facebook. Only two hours in. This is putting me off of playing it. Have you ever had any big game spoiled for you? And how did you deal with it? Love the show. Our good bud Dan B over there on Twitter. Thank you, man, for your affection towards the show. Um, Nothing really comes to mind instantly. Like if I've had a game spoiled for me, I'm trying to think. Like I know there's been something. I have for them. Sure.
1: And what's funny is that they involve Saul's little brother, Seth, back when we used to hang out all the time. Oh, and it was uh, do tell. It was sad times. So the game, and here's the thing: it wasn't brand new, but it was close enough that what essentially came down to on this though was we were playing. We would do this thing where, like, you know, when you're a teenager and everything just works out the way that it works out, you're kind of playing in the same room by nature of what's going on. Um, so he, we would typically play two different games just by how we ended up pull like playing. But what ended up happening is I was. I'm fairly positive. I was getting the platinum and in, in infamous one, which was my first ever platinum. So I was rolling through and I was trying to get, cause the last trophy I had to get was for the stunts where you had to do like do this and this to blow somebody off the roof. And that's a stunt. Uh, and I'm glad the second game didn't have that because it was really annoying. Uh, but anyway, I was, I was going through that and I was getting mad because it was like, they would always manage to just avoid something somehow that happened in Spider-Man a few times where you're supposed to knock somebody off of the building, but then suddenly they land a very specific way against something or this thing where when you knock them off, if they're close enough to a building, a a web will like, Which I get this for the non like Spider-Man doesn't kill. Right. Like if they're close enough to a building, a a web, them. It'll web it like he won't do it, but there's like a device that will like web him automatically to the building. It's like, I needed him to fall because that was part of the challenge here. Why are you trying to ruin my life, Spider Man? Yeah. Um, Insomniac more. So it was one of those things where we were doing that and I remember that he was over there. We were both playing Dead Space kind of just at different times. And it was the end of Dead Space One. He doesn't give me any warning at all. I wasn't paying attention at first and he was just playing chill in there and then randomly i look over and it's the final boss and i'm just seeing the end and i go seth and he goes what i was like is this the end of dead space <laughs> he goes oh yeah i was like you didn't think to tell me that so maybe i could just pause and leave for 20 minutes while you beat it i bet you were living i was and it was even worse that i had managed to forget right because i stopped playing dead space because of it because i was so mad I stopped playing Dead Space for like three months almost, and Seth used to come over all the time. So, I, you know, we kept going, kept going like that. And then I can't remember what happened, but at that point in time, three months passed. I was getting ready. I didn't tell Seth this, but I was mentally, I was like, I think I can play the game again. I've basically forgotten what it was that I saw. So, it's going to have a little bit more impact on me, right? And then Seth starts talking about Dead Space, and thanks that I have beaten it. Just to tell me what the end was again. And then I immediately go, Seth, what the hell? You ruined it for me the first time. Just do it again. two in a and roll. And I was so mad because I was like, row. Seth, how are you responsible for both times that we that you ruined the same game for me in a very short window of time? And I, I can't remember. There was a small period in my life where I was trying to get him back for it. Like, know if he was playing a game and then me potentially be first and just to go back to or him. Or just go look it.
0: online, like, what the ending was. I wouldn't do
1: that, but... No, you should have. <laughs> I never... I don't think I ever got him back, but I should have.
0: I think mine, the it closest I can come, like, off the top of my head uh, with an example or maybe with an experience is that... Uh, technically the play through a beer uh, beer I think I've I think I've had a stroke
1: <laughs> like D- today I it smell like burnt toast in here
0: I mean I even when we were at pet smart like I was fumbling with my card but um, in a near uh Ontomata, <laughs> I hate my life I try not to pronounce it the wrong way and like in in, in me having or like in having to pronounce this game the wrong way <laughs> times I forgot how to pronounce the right
1: way <laughs> you, you said Aunt Tom <laughs> Is that a game where you play and, like your aunt's just around as a robot? Uh,
0: in your automata. <laughs> See, I pronounce it, so I, like, I've heard so many people pronounce it wrong that I somehow picked up the pronunciation of it uh, wrongly and now I've said it wrong so many times it's in my head now with the wrong pronunciation.
1: Look, Saul, just roll forward. We know what you're talking but about. Yeah, Tell me the story. I got,
0: I got spoiled uh, ending B. Or not ending B, playthrough B. How so? Uh, the major component that changes in B. Oh, just why? Like no, the component. I mean, yeah, yeah. I got spoiled that, which kind of irritated me really bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm pretty sure they heard you on the on the, the there, mic. There's no way. Okay, we'll see. But yeah, so that's. I mean, that right off top my head. Um, I can't really think of anything else that was spoiled to me that like really sticks out right now for some reason. I have uh, others. I know it has happened, but I'm gonna go with that one.
1: I have, on the flip side of this question, this is just something that's interested me since I started working where I work. Uh, My coworker, Mario, he's the weirdest dude. Anytime he likes something, he does not care if you give him the ending. At all. It depends on on the media for me it doesn't matter what it is if i basically what it comes down to it's like in service of him having more input on the conversation so like we'll be talking about something and the, the, there's two there's like a downside to that too right the 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 weird side of it is like when we're talking and we're both playing a game and i start being like oh i beat it and then he's like oh i haven't beaten it yet but we were talking about it loosely and i'm going go, oh i'm going to quit talking about it he's like no 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 go ahead and tell me i just I, it's like I feel like he's doing it so that he has something – he can still input into the conversation with the experience he's had so far. But the downside of that is because his brain's always doing that and he doesn't really care if he gets something spoiled, because to him, just playing to that point is still fun or watching to that point is still fun, Um, which to me – yeah, it's still fun, but it just takes away a little bit of the magic. you know? Right. But there's something nice about getting a surprise or a twist going. Uh, So there's that. And then, of course, the downside being that he goes – and when he's talking, he'll just randomly start telling me the end of something because in his mind, it's okay. Spoilers don't matter. Yeah, and I'll be like, Mario, stop! And I would have to be like, and then I'll be like, I'm walking away.
0: <laughs> I work with somebody who is like that. Oh, I think I know who. Yeah, we do know who. Who you, will who will continue you know talking about are. something? It's like, listen, you're talking about stuff, and it's not really spoilers, but it's about something I don't want to hear about because I want to experience it. Um, But number two on this week's read mail, I actually really like this question because I think it's meant to be as a joke, but I also like it because it's an interesting uh, question. Have you guys ever seen a ghost with a boo emoji? Happy Halloween, Richard Rivero. Good friend, Richard. Good friend. Yes, Uh, I think I have. Like a real ghost. Uh, Where, when, and what do you think the reason was? So uh, I was growing up with my dad and my brother, uh, the, uh, before mentioned brother that spoiled dead space and we would go to the cabin a lot. That's uh, a couple, it's about an hour away
1: oh, yeah. And, and
0: we would go to the lake and stuff in the summertime and we would stay at the cabin. Well, I, I, I feel like this was a dream, but when I think back on it, I'm like, this was not a way a dream. This, this really happened. I just feel like I convinced myself that it was, um, but I'll never forget it because it's still like, if I'm thinking about it, it like gives me chills if I haven't thought about it in a while. But I got up to go to the bathroom and we had like a bunk room. It was like a bedroom with just like eight bunk beds in this cabin. And we had a bathroom in the corner and the bathroom had a window that looked out into the woods because that's literally there was nothing at this cabin except wood surrounding it and a driveway. Um, There was no like yard or whatever. It's all considered woods. Well, like I remember looking out. I remember seeing the weirdest thing, and being as I was probably eleven, maybe ten, but I looked out the window and I'm like, "Is that somebody standing over there?" So like, I remember I turned off the light real quick, and then I threw the um, blinds or not the blinds, the shades closed, and then I went over there and I started peeking out, and I could see somebody standing over there in the moonlight, and it looked like somebody who was it looked like somebody who was in seventies. Uh, like gym clothes. Like oh like a really tight jersey and like like booty shorts, but it was a really tall, slender guy. Uh probably my height and he was In just, booty shorts? Well it was like you know how gym shorts were back then. The Harlem Globetrotter style shorts. Okay, I got like, you. real short uh gym shorts. I thought maybe
1: you were talking about do you ever watch that show on Adult Swim that was like um Oh, Lord. How can I... The people were blue. And I don't know why I can't remember it. Anyway, one of the characters always talked about Japan and their hot shorts. People were blue. I don't know what that is. but no, Mission not, Hill was the name of the show. I've never heard of that. But
0: um, but no, he he stood there and never seen that either. Um, But I remember him standing there, and he wasn't looking at me, but he was looking away. And I was like, okay, this is kind of creepy. So like, I went there, and I got my dad, and I woke my dad up. I'm like... I think there's somebody outside. And so my dad grabbed his hunting rifle and we, we went out on the front porch and he looked over at the spot. You could see it plain as day uh, from the spot we're standing. at. There's nobody there. So we stood there. And if you've ever grown up in the South or even just around general wooded area, that's massive uh, acres of woods. You'll know that if at night you go stand outside, it's dead quiet when you're nowhere near any like form of city. And we had a highway next to us and there were no cars and it was dead silent. And, and my dad had this really bright mag flashlight and the mag light was shining. He was shining all over the place. Didn't see anybody at all. So I remember going back to sleep and this is where I convinced myself that it was a like a, a, a dream because it took me years to remember this story fully. Like, you know how, when you have a dream, you'll lay in bed and you'll be like, Oh, that was kind of a cool dream. I did this, this, and this. But then like eight hours later, you'll look back on it. Like, well, I can't remember what that was, yeah. but I remembered it clear as day this morning. It was like that, where I couldn't really remember it that well, but looking back on it, I remember it a lot more vividly. So, it was... There's
1: some interesting psychological stuff behind that, though, too.
0: Well, it's about to get real weird. And this is this is where I maintain that this really happened, or this... Uh, it's, it's split. It's either a dream, or this happened, and uh, I saw a ghost. But when my grandma died just a year later, we were at her house, and we were cleaning everything up. And this sounds kind of morbid, but as a kid, that's probably the, one of the best weekends
1: of my life. I but, caught that mosquito. I'm proud of myself. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways,
0: but I, I think as a kid, uh, that was one of the best weekends of my life, even though my grandma had passed, because uh, I didn't know my grandma that well. Like, I was kind of young, and I didn't really understand how death works when, I was, you know, when you're yeah. that young. And uh, all I knew is that we had a Nintendo 64 sitting up with Goldeneye and uh, our grand time, and my cousin came down, and my cousin lived where we were hunting. But we were cleaning all kinds of stuff out. And my dad brought in photo books and he brought them all in. And I remember me, Seth and Brett coincidentally enough, that was my cousin's name. Yeah. Uh, we were all going through those photo books and I saw the guy that was standing out in the woods and he went to high school with my dad and he was on the uh, track team. He was wearing his track team outfit when I saw him in. Now I think that looking back, because when I saw that picture, I freaked, I got freaked out, but (laughs) This is one of those things that, like, we used to go through photo books all the time as kids at my grandma's house. So I'm thinking that I saw that picture before and then I dreamed it happening and it just felt real. And then, so since I have seen that picture before, but I didn't remember it, that it was like subliminally in my dreams. Mm hmm. Or I just saw my dad's friend from high school dead. Obviously now, not alive and not hit that young.
1: So here, here's an interesting uh, part of that is like the way dreams work. is like any, anything you ever see in your dreams is either something you've specifically seen before or an amalgamation of all the faces that your brain has seen before. Yeah. And it kind of like morphs them into like things. It's very interesting. But a lot of times your dreams are populated by things that your brain remembers, which is why I've always, I've, I've been massively curious forever. People who are born blind what, how do they dream? And, like, what do they see in their dreams? And, like, how does it feel, like, in comparison? Because, like, do they – and I, I don't know if this is – I really should look into this because what am I, I feel like someone's probably tested this or at least asked, you know, that's a, an obvious question where if I had a blind friend, I'd probably ask them that. What, like, hey, when you dream, like, do you see stuff? My friend Hayden, when uh, I was
0: growing up with, his his brother was blind. But was he born blind? That's Yeah, that's yeah he, the, was, that's he was, he was born blind. Sure. And his dreams, all his dreams were – where were just the same blindness but he heard voices and the voices he would try his best like he would in real life to, to like put a shape to because he could feel your face and get an idea of what the face looked like but he never really knew what it really looked like sure um and that's how he dreamed
1: i don't so know he if dreamed that's like the a, same voices so it's essentially the same thing like so when yeah. you dream of course, we still hear stuff in ours, but we don't focus on the voices as much. Right, we focus on the visuals. Yeah, so it's like your brain t- taking all this visual information it has. And I almost think, and this is, again, probably something that's been confirmed, but I think that your brain probably utilizes dreams to to kind of like index information and like re-bring it up so that you don't ever truly forget certain things. Because like you ever notice that dreams like tend to happen in areas you've been before that you don't go to often, but for some reason you still remember them? Or it's you- like, is my brain b- pulling this up in this dream? So that, I, so that it can always remember what this is like it's finding a use for it in this dream so they can re it and be like there we go we've accessed that recently now it's on the surface in case we need that information again sometime soon and it's like it pulls from weird experiences the brain's a really interesting situation in that we've talked about this longer than I anticipated the short answer for me is no I don't believe in ghosts and I don't think I've ever I've, I've never seen any that I'm aware of I had that you know you let your brain get the best of you whenever I saw the the earnest you know, Halloween troll thing in the window that I talked about like four episodes ago. You I know? don't recall that at all for some reason. Anyway, yeah, so whenever I talked about that... Oh, wait,
0: never mind. Never <laughs> mind, yeah, I do.
1: Yeah, and then Josh posted a, a GIF of it. Yeah, okay. I, was, I don't know why, like, I was sitting here thinking I'm like, Ernest,
0: and for some reason I was
1: thinking about Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yeah. But uh. no, it was... it. So no, that's never happened to me. But yeah, no, there's a lot of weird... Things that go around in that, song I am curious to whether that was a dream or not. Here's the thing: even though I don't believe in it, I, I'm not one of the people that believe. Like, I'm not going to try and downplay your experience because your experience is your experience. Just the, the fact that I don't believe in them does not mean that I think that that didn't happen to you. I don't think it's plausible that it happened to you personally, but I can't deny that it happened to you because maybe they are real and I've just never experienced it.
0: I mean, that that's and
1: that's the, that is one of those life is crazy Who true knows? things, and that's kind of where you got to stand on a lot of things. That's why I am like that way with religion. You can't ever just say definitively that there isn't anything. So. I like, I can say, well, without a shadow of a doubt, I kind of know that there aren't ghosts. Like, I pretty much but you're open. That. But you're open to interpretation. But I will never say that there's. it's impossible for there to be ghosts. Yeah. You just kind of got to go. But I guess one thing I will say to add to that is, then don't you feel like Halloween would feel like the people who are spirits walking around, like, we're mocking them by having, like, one of the houses down the street. It was really cool. It had, like, this thing in their window on the second floor where, like, these, like, ghostly figures will, like, walk up and dance and talk. And then, like disappear and stuff. It was very weird. It was really cool. And since it was on the second floor and it was a little less detailed, it kind of made it look that much yeah, more convincing. Yeah, that, that just sound kind of cool. Uh, so I was like, but do you not feel like that would make them like, look at the, like they would be evil because like, all the time, because it's like, look at these I feel, holes I, making I, fun of us.
0: I've actually talked to Joe about this before. And I feel like that if those, if, if demons slash ghosts slash spirits slash like roaming souls are real, that like, there's a boundary that they, they well, they can't physically do harm or interact with anything in our world, that they're just here. Um, they can't touch anything. They can't knock over anything over. I think that like that's the thing is.
1: Well, if they exist, then they would. There would have to be some form of energy. Realistically, thinking that they could interact with. And somehow, yeah, but like that. So, that maybe that, like lights flickering barely. But
0: that's getting into science versus spiritual stuff. Well, I,
1: even spiritual. I mean. If they're there, even if they're in another plane of existence, somehow, some way, they'd be able to affect. I mean, like... You would think so, but we don't know if that... Like, yeah. We don't again, know. Like, we, we don't know the, know the, the rules. The a, yeah. yeah. We don't so know for sure. It's
0: a crazy subject. That's why I thought that'd be a fun uh, question to answer.
1: Like, there you go, Richard. You brought up some interesting stuff. Uh, so I'm sorry that that happened to you, buddy. I hope that that wasn't true. I mean, it wasn't like... It peri- wasn't terrifying, so that's no, cool.
0: No, it was more like perplexed by anything. What
1: right? well, more terrifying than the fact like was it a ghost?
0: Like, that's, that's the part I mean, that makes even, it not scary. Even like, to this day, to me, it never scared me, which was weird. I felt oddly calm. Like, I, I've had people mess with me before. Uh, like, my stepdad would go out at, like, 1 a.m. and knock <laughs> on my window yeah. to mess with me, and I'd run to the room, and I'd be, like, scared. I saw him standing there, and I felt calm, That which is why, like, I looked out the window, and, like, I was like, I walked back into the other room, and I'm like, hey,
1: Dad, there's, I think there's somebody outside. Was he like, a Bob Ross-looking guy? Because I don't know if I could, even if Bob Ross was, I was chasing saying, I was saying, backs, actually, was just like,
0: I'll say, actually, he he was very tall, very skinny. And I say very tall, like, but he was my height, very skinny, and he had a very small afro. So b- based on kind what of you Bob were Ross. saying, by kind of Bob Ross, <laughs> was, you actually kind of hit the nail on the head there. All
1: right, last question comes from Mr. Donovan. He says, how long do you think the gaming community will be obsessed with Red Dead Redemption 2? And do you think we will see a resurgence of cowboy media in the gaming world as a result of Red Dead Redemption 2's success? I don't personally believe that we will necessarily see a res- a resurgence because I can only handle very small Western stuff. Well, it's not even about that. I think that you'd have to do two things. The reason you wouldn't be able to quickly enough iterate on it, because if you're going to do anything, even like red dead, you're going to have to pick up some of its other things. Like you're going to have to have to make sure you have a detailed world and good characters. These are not things that you're going to be able to build and, and iterate on quickly. So that means like, what, what do we see between Red Dead and then Red Dead 2? Can you name any notable cowboy game that came out between those two? I'm not saying they don't exist, but I don't remember I don't, them. Yeah. And obviously, the Red Dead 1 wasn't enough to pull it up. You know what? I'm surprised
0: Saints Row has never gone and made a Western game. Yeah. I'm actually genuinely surprised I never thought about that.
1: Now, Call of Juarez, but, again, that's a little different, and it wasn't really set up that way. I forgot about that series. So, yeah, I guess there's technically those, but those are, again, not notable. So what I mean is that you didn't see, like, some kind of a big resurgence of it, uh, or even a real resurgence of it, because it's just... Cowboy stuff is a little different, but to pull it off, and I think if it was going to be directly as a result of Red Dead Two, then it's going to be people trying to not ape it necessarily, but if they're taking true inspiration from it, then they're going to do a lot of those things, and they're not going to be able to do so quickly enough for it to feel like a resurgence. It's just going to be like even if it takes development right now, two years from now it comes out, it's not going to feel like it was really quickly enough. And that's even if it's only one dev that manages to pull off two years. Let's say the other does it in four. And then every two years you have a a Western game. It still wouldn't feel like a resurgence to
0: me. Yeah, I don't think, as far as a resurgence goes, I don't think that'll be anything that'll happen. I don't think anything similar will come from that. I don't think we'll see uh, any Western games coming out. But in, in terms of the other part of the question is, how long do you think the gaming community will be obsessed? I think they'll be obsessed at least till the end of the year.
1: Yeah, I could see that. And the conversation's going to be fed by the game of the year. Uh, well, talk. Not,
0: not even that, but online launches next month. Sure. Or later and this month. That's an effect.
1: Yeah, is it November? It's, uh, oh, yeah, November. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure it's November. Okay. So, yeah, um, later on
0: this month. So, it, it, it's going to stay relevant until it, it, I would say the longest it'll stay. And I mean, by I mean like headlines and like in the news. I think it'll stay there until maybe March.
1: Well, so there's that. Now, I think what he means more is like literal the gamers obsession because, like, right now, despite looking at gaming media, if you just look at like gaming uh, social groups or like even like social uh, media groups like Reddit and stuff like that. There's a lot of buzz and talk about Red Dead right now. That kind of lasts. Like, every game gets a bolt of it, right? Yeah. And I'd say that at most, most games see, if they're lucky, about a month of it. <laughs> if they're lucky. I think Red Dead can definitely stretch itself, definitely with the online. Easily, to I would the, say a year. Easily to the end of the year. I think by E3 next year is when it'll stop being so prevalent in gaming in normal gamers I'll, talk.
0: I'll, I'll call that. Yeah, I'll, I'll call <laughs> that. I, if not, I'll, I will say one year from release. Unless
1: we get, and it's not going to happen. We pretty much know that now, despite the fact that all these weird things going back and forth, Sony's release schedule and what they've been doing with like days gone, the even though I still kind of want to think that we at least hear about the PS five to some extent in 2019, if that happens, it happens at the end of the year. Um, so, Unfortunately. but my point being is that unless for some reason in February or March or in the first quarter of the year, next year, we do have some kind of a console announcement that would be enough to probably dilute it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but that's about that. it. I think the rest of it, it's going to take very big games. Now, you may start seeing that when Anthem and all these big February games hit. I think Kingdom Hearts 3 will definitely put a dent in that. But again, Kingdom Hearts is on no way, shape, or form the level of Red Dead in terms of popularity regardless of what you want to think. It's not going to do as well as Red Dead. I mean, I think everybody knows that. It's kind of a given at this point. So I think that while you have small nuggets that will take it away from it for a little bit, I don't think that there'll be anything that completely takes over until a bigger event happens like e3 fully agree fully agree
0: well I guess with that being said Brett would you like to lead us into the main topic of the show something I think that's going to be a sweet and very I don't want to say short but compact topic that's a fun one that I, I think was going to rely on a lot of community discussion to look sure. for to our Discord group about.
1: And I think it's a good time considering what happened this week and revolving around. Like We've seen more of it this week but we're yeah. going to move into it. This stems from a question from Sean Santarude but it also stems from uh, Dan uh, Barber was talking to us if I'm not mistaken on Twitter about it. Uh, he played it at, EG, at uh, maybe not EGX but he played it uh, Sean said he played it at EGX and we've had other people basically come up and talk about it but it's about dreams in general and that's media molecules next game in case you don't know who media molecule is they are the developer behind little big planet uh and that series across the ps3 lifespan and even ended up on psp and ps vita so it's a pretty big series uh, and it's got a lot of reverence and a lot of love three saw it kind of go down with sumo digital taking the reins and making a game that wasn't as refined and didn't quite have the messaging of like how they form their games and what the meat of them is going to be regardless though it's a beloved series, and of course, Dreams has been being worked on so long that we saw Dreams in its very basic form uh, as long ago as the PS3 reveal. Now it's easy to think that that's a long time, and it truly is. And it's a long time since Little Big Planet Two, which is the last game they worked on. But you see that O'Driscoll post again. Yeah, I did. I was <laughs> uh, looking
0: for that. I was I was trying to see, clarify who we we're uh, talking to about. Oh no.
1: No. Anyway, uh, but yeah. With that said. It's one of those things where it, they've been working on it a long time. And that's true. But they also did tear away in between that. That was a small group, and it they kind of tore off and then went back in. But this is a game that's been worked on in a heavy extent at least as long as the PS4 has been out, which is five years at this point. So when you're looking at that, there's a lot of things that come into question. One thing that I think a lot of people talk about, and we've seen it, like uh, Mikey12 on Twitter mentioned, he's like, I still don't know what it is.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that that is total fault too. Uh, and, 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 Media Molecule. Well,
1: and, and Sony, right? Because it's not just Media Molecule; it's up to Sony to push Media Molecule to continuously do that. Now, other people have talked about this, and I think that they've done more and more since the initial concerns of showing what it is. They've shown that there is a game there. They've, there's going to be a story mode that's in the game. Actually, multiple storylines in the game that are made all within the game. That's how they've always done it. Little Big Planet was made entirely from the Little Big Planet toolset that they just basically gave you extension to... Now, they would sometimes do special things that you couldn't do because they had control in the back end, like voice acting. You could do voice acting on PS3, but it wasn't good because you had to do it with USB microphones. Or Bluetooth microphones, right? Uh, yeah, because we did it. Oh, man. It bet, was not good. that was terrible. It's not good. We never uh, released it. The
0: Bluetooth headsets were garbage
1: back in the day. But, you know, it's one of those things where when you're running through and looking at it, I think that people... And this is why it's so interesting to me. People who know... About Media Molec- Molecule and loved Little Big Planet and understood what Little Big Planet was, a good core of them is going to understand what Dreams is at least. On the surface, aiming to be, right. they understand what the studio does or what the studio is known for, which is this play, create, share motto. And that same motto is exactly what's going forward in the dreams. Now, here's the thing: Little Big Planet was always a lot easier to show because you have a basic platforming setup with a cute main character that's easy to identify with, and go, okay, this is essentially a 2D platforming game that looks fun, and that's the surface, right? That's what you sell it on. Well, here's a here's a 2D platforming game that's just going to be fun. But if you want to go deeper than that, you can also make your own levels. And if you want to go deeper than that, you can play other people's levels. You can make your own soundtracks. Yeah. Well, yeah, people, it was pretty weird. People do music levels and stuff. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So, but, you know, when you do stuff like that, that game was surfacely easy to, you know, to market. But very. Um, and it was feeling a, you know, PlayStation did not have platformers at the time. So it was, it was also feeling a very good void in their market at the point. Uh that's not necessarily what's going on here. This isn't clearly just a platforming game. This is a game where, and th- that goes to show you with the way that they're kind of showing it broken up in the story. So like one of the things that they showed at E3, I wanted to say, or maybe it was last PSX where they showed like the tall, dark, uh, brooding looking game where, oh. where it was a tall guy on a hat down. It yeah. was like very artistic. Itself. It wasn't the piano, it's cool. playing the piano too? Well, that was like a little bear thing. I don't know. They've shown they're so, I get them mixed up. They've shown so much that it's easy to get mixed up on it, and that's yeah. true. And I mean, and I'm excited for the game, and I still can get mixed. I up I wonder
0: on how it. many people watched PlayStation's E3 last year, not realizing that the uh, digital orchestra was done in Dreams. Yeah, uh, or realizing that it was even part of Dreams.
1: I don't know, but it, it, that's what's interesting. Is like you say, it's so easy to get mixed up on what they've shown because. They're, they're, they're splicing the story elements in all these different directions. So instead of having one thing you could focus on, like, hey guys, here's Dreams, Dreams is realistically, just like Little Big Planet, it's realistically about this back end and what you can do with this back end. Yeah. But on the surface, it's also just about a cute game that you can have fun with with friends. Right. All right? Dreams, a, Dreams lacks that massively. Yeah,
0: well, and it's a package of two. And it's very, in my opinion, it's very easy to explain to somebody who needs to know what it is. It is a cute and fun game if you need it to be. It is also a very technical
1: and hands-on game maker. The game's as deep as you want it to be. Yeah, at that point it's And dreams is pro- it's probably true of dreams, but you can't see it as easily. No, and
0: and and based off what they show, you really can't see it that easily. Because they don't show it that well.
1: And I think it's and I think it's a game that's hard to show because like what, no, for sure. what, what's interesting is like what Sean said was that after playing it, he was surprised at how much fun he had with it. Yeah. Dan said the same thing. He said after playing it, I was really taken back by how good it was, and it goes to show that this is a sad part of gaming, realistically speaking. Doesn't matter how good the game is, they have to do something in the marketing sphere to get it off the ground for it to be worth it. Definitely, for it has to. People have to know what it is. Definitely, when it's gone as far as it has, yeah, especially with this company. Time. Yeah, this company, the the money, the time,
0: everything. And I think that, like, if you did you see the Dark Souls thing that they made with it. They made, basically, Dark Souls 1 in this game.
1: And that's not surprising. I didn't see it's that. It's not. But what uh, they've done this week, just so we can talk about that, too, I want to hear more about that one, too, so go ahead. Oh, uh, and what I was just going to that say, one.
0: that's that's what I'm looking forward to is is a search function on which looking at people's like custom made stuff up and then experiencing it. People often talk about super Mario maker and that some of the best experiences didn't come from making the levels, but came from people sharing the hard levels and stuff. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking forward to is this, is this game that every time I turn it on and I search for something, I'm going to have a different experience because it's going to be a different game. It's going to be a different, it's going to have a different feel, a different soundtrack. It's the
1: age old problem of the game naturally caters to every group but because of that, it's impossible to market to one.
0: I've seen a picture, and I really laughed hard at it because it, it it's kind of true, but it was the picture of the No Man's Sky prom- promotion uh, at, I think, at E3, and it had uh, unlimited possibilities, and it had a big old X on it, and then it said Dreams right at the top. <laughs> and then it was like real unlimited <laughs> possibilities. I'm like, that's kind of unfortunate that, that No Man's Sky got this kind of marketing When I believe Dreams is gonna be a higher quality product, a more customizable product, a better overall package and gotten
1: anywhere close. Even then No Man's Sky is easier to market as to what it is.
0: Yeah, you like that's the thing, though. It's like to me, dreams could be that way if they just
1: did it right. Well, and I'm not saying they're doing it wrong. They're doing a really well, interesting thing. T- they're doing it wrong, showing
0: the game right. I should say. I'm like, not
1: gonna say showing it because I think some of it does come down to the way they're making the story. I think that instead of trying to make three or four different storylines that you can go through, that like one's this dark brooding thing, one may be a cutesy platform. I think that would work quite one's well. Doing the other one, it's the fact that they're doing that. But the problem is, is that every time you show it, it looks different, and so people who aren't as glued into it, they they're confused by the fact. Like, Wait, last time you showed this to me, I swear this was like this. They think
0: it's a different game or they think the game's gone uh under or, developmental changes and it looks and it's completely different.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's why if they would have done what they did with a little big planet and go, Hey, here's all this backend stuff that really is what's taking us so long to work on this game. That's, that's why this is taking so long. But on the front, on the surface, if they just went with one type of game and then sold it, right? If the whole game was just going to be nothing but this moody, crazy storyline, right? Where you go through and make decisions. It was essentially like a, um, quantic dream game inside of theirs. And they, and they, that was what they wanted to show. Then fine. You can market it off that. It's not a great marketing plan. To be fair, I think little Big Planet would be better, but, the point is, is that you have a clear, concise market that you can market on the surface to. And then the people who are going to look into it further, they get to do all the rest of the back-end stuff. And you can start off of that. That's true, Now, too, I think, yeah. uh, of course, if you want to go even even brighter, they could have done a new uh, like Tearaway. Tearaway was not the same as Little Big Planet in terms of how it platformed. So they could have made a new platforming experience that wasn't 2D, and maybe it was a very specific way that they went about doing it. But then that's all they showed was just a platforming element. And, actually, they, and they go, okay, here it is. This is a the story. There, there are no multiple stories in this that we made. Instead, there's one that we made that's ample in size. So if you buy the game just for this, you're getting more than enough from your money's worth here. But if you want to dig deeper, you get your money's worth in the rest of the, that's, the depth.
0: That's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna actually say. And that's a very very similar thing is that they should have made the base game for this um, they should have advertised that as the game and then be like well that's not all you're getting on top of this you're getting your own cre- content creation kit basically and you like this game make one of your own and then they could go through cycles of showing the brooding stuff sure. the happy stuff the funny stuff they could go through that but to market the actual what the like what the story is as the actual and game and the core gameplay
1: yeah. of the of the main Front surface experience. Yes. The, the
0: one you get that when you go in there and you press what I'm going to assume is start new game. Is, uh, is everybody the, the one everybody will experience when they yes, play the game. Yes, that's the best way to experience it. Yeah, the Talk one about everybody about the, will the, play. The constant that everyone yeah. will
1: have to really see. Because I guess you could try and say, well, the constant is going into the content creator. But that's not the constant because that's going to go very different depending on who you are yeah. and what you like about and the then, game. And then the other side of that is that's not the constant that you need to market off of because things like Little Big Planet, there are people that love playing other people's levels. But the reason they enjoy them and buy the games early on is because they get to play the story and then they get to play other people's levels. They don't even ever want to touch the level editor. They don't yeah, want to do it. themselves. That's honestly,
0: I'll, I'll probably tinker in dreams a little bit with it. Um, but honestly, like I'm I, going to be looking for stuff depending on how it works. If it's, if it's depending on how time consuming, I should say on the content creator, if it's really time consuming, I probably won't be able to work with it. But if it's as easy or if it's simple to use, then I will very Like I'll, I'll actually lay out and make a game with a story for that but I, I don't have enough time in the world to make a – like a
1: depending on how deep it is. Sure, and I think here's what's interesting to me. One of the things I want to do is an effort to show that this game is going to be a good game. And that doesn't mean – all this is is more of a, like a personal thing of, hey, I just want to say, like, you know, I'm excited about the game. And everything they've shown so far, like recently this week, they showed because it was uh, the recently the 10-year anniversary, November 2nd, uh, for – Little Big Planet One, uh, because Little Big Planet One came out November 2nd in Europe, even though it came out just a little bit earlier. In, it came out like a week earlier in the U.S. So the technical 10 year anniversary from the country in which it was made was November 2nd. And with that, they did a stream where they recreated the entirety of Little Big Planet One's first level, uh, The yeah, Gardens. I've, I've heard of that. I never saw that, but I've Dude, heard of that. It is sick. And, in terms of it, it's sick because of the potential of looking at it going well that's another it l- looks so they even recreated the little big planet pop it in the game that's another way
0: to How? market this that's game That's crazy like to have your have your devs like make this like make make a minecraft one make a dark souls one i have got you hey make bro, a couple of other things and just like show like you know you're a fan of this game this series this series like this is content made by fans for fans and I
1: don't even need to go into it, but I cause I was supposed Is that supposed to be a Dragon Ball Z character? Yes it was. Kiki gets drawing stuff up. I, mean, I know I wasn't gonna call you out, but <laughs> No, it looked cool in its own little it weird way. It did look
0: cool, but it did not look like a Dragon Ball Z character to me.
1: It, he was going for that Tarzan art style boy.
0: That that worked flawlessly <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> anyway, Kiki, I love you so much. <laughs> anyway, listen, my point being, uh what's interesting about this what you just said, uh this is great for marketing, right? The Little Big Planet people who see this and go, wait, they made Little Big Planet again in this game? That's amazing. Yeah,
0: it, it, gives, them, it gives them an idea of the tools they have to create with.
1: And the, and the tools other people have to create experiences that they get to experience. Like we talk about for the well, people that don't yeah, want to create their yeah, own. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. Uh, but the flip side of that is actually Sean Neo, uh, our, our boy No Fate, he actually recently uh, tweeted to Colin about what I assume Colin talked about dreams recently. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm sure he, he did. He talked about it all the time and about how he doesn't think it's going to do good. But Sean mentioned in a tweet, that what if they utilized to, dreams and this would have been incredibly interesting right what if they utilized dreams to make a little big planet sequel completely in dreams to sell dreams so the story of dreams is actually little big planet four and that's what you're playing and that, that's the whole game but then the back end of dreams is still so much more expanded than little big planet traditionally was
0: that would be really really cool actually and
1: I said like you know you're not going you're not going to find that did you they're not going to do
0: that they did, just aren't did you say that Colin thinks that he does that this game's not gonna succeed?
1: essentially now not necessarily from a critical level but from a sales level see i think and i think thing. there's a lot of arguments to be made that yes there is reason enough to have some kind of a fear that media molecule may not be around anymore after this the only reason i could see them potentially still being around is, is the
0: user content creation uh like well keeping not it there's up. that
1: but i think that there's something to be said they are the most creative studio that i think i have ever seen and i think that sony has so much of a boon in having them and the way that they think about game development and what they do, that as long as their games continue to be critically well-received and word of mouth is positive in a decent sense to where it's at least a positive buzz around them, they may keep them just on virtue of that alone. Now, of course, we know that Sony's not, uh, uh, they're not shying away from closing studios that don't perform the way they see, but here's the difference. They closed down Guerrilla Cambridge. They did not have a big name. To be fair, they, the only series they ever really worked on that was that big was medieval and then i mean they, they have something else in there to be fair i can't even remember what it was i remembered them from medieval and then i remembered them from killzone mercenary obviously Yeah, I was they gonna got, say, which mercenary because they got rebranded was it? Was it mercenary yes it okay. was killzone mercenary for vita and then of course Riggs was great and it's one of those sad things where they got closed because they just weren't a big name and that's why i'm also worried about days gone and bend bend does not have a big name but media molecule in the industry He's got a massive name Because they're interesting
0: Oh for sure Yeah Everybody If you say Like even Even people who aren't Hardcore fans of Playstation And you say Little Big Planet They know
1: what that is Sure uh, And that's what I mean My dad Who actually does like Playstation But he loves Little Big Planet I bought oh, it yeah, for dude, It's super easy to he play He played the hell out of it's the game It's
0: super easy It's very forgiving to play but there is in that game some very hard levels that, can, that, can, that have the potential to pop up because of the way it is. And it works out fine. I think that on launch, the game's not going to sell well. I think that it's going to see better numbers three months out of its launch. because Word of mouth. More, yeah, exactly. Word of mouth.
1: But I, that's, and, and that's why I hope that when Sony's going into this, and it's probably what you were about to say. I'm sorry if I cut you off. Um, but is that... If Sony's going into this with the right expectations, then the expectation should be a slow burn, long tail, exactly, not, not this quick explosion.
0: Exactly. Itself. If 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 say I walked into GameStop one day and they and I'm I'm your normal person, I, I am basically myself, and I had never heard of Dreams, but I saw it on a shelf, and I was like, that looks kind of cool. I'm gonna pick it up, and then I play it, and then I go like look everywhere, and I'm like, nobody's really taught about this game, but I show it to Hugh, and then you show it to somebody. I think that's where. We're gonna see something like this happen with the core gamers, I should say.
1: Yeah, well, there's because we have proof of that already working. We already know that that works in gaming because, like, near Automata. Of course, yeah. near yeah. Automata owes for... word of mouth entirely to its success. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and smartness but, in choosing Platinum as a developer. Well, because uh, that gave I would it a good head
0: start. Fan arts and um, the community around the game yeah, definitely that's does a, a, I think a, a community. For him, yeah, yeah,
1: and that's so. I think that. And, and it goes to show you like I said Near Automata got to 3 million sales over a longer period than most games would but the thing is, is it's it continued to sell well uh, right. well enough and for in comparison to what it is now of course this is a game that had a bigger budget I'm sure Dreams it's a bigger studio by far um, and Sony's given them a lot of creative control and freedom because again because of the pedigree of what they've done before and I think that that's why I say my only real fear about Sony shutting them down is that we've seen Sony already give them like Sony's backing off and they're going until dreams, it, it, they haven't said this, but they've shown it in everything they've done. Sony is essentially saying to media molecule, we're going to back off. We're going to let you do everything it is that you want to do. But when this game comes out, there's no telling what happens with Sony because Sony may go, look, we gave you everything we did. We trusted in you entirely to let, to get this game out. But after that, if this game doesn't perform, even despite us giving you every bit of creative control that you needed, chopping block it is Yeah, and, and i'm not saying that that's actually going to happen but i it can is a see small that theater. happening
0: yeah and it's it's something that's foreseeable in the future if this game is to i, I don't say flop but i don't think it'll happen quickly i think Sony, no. i
1: think sony's smart enough in knowing that this game is kind of
0: it'll happen probably after the after i would say a year to a
1: year and a half after the game launched because of the way at it, least six months out. At least,
0: see, I would even argue though that six months is where the game would pick up the most.
1: Three to six months is Dep- where I imagine, depending that, on the release date. If it comes down to only word of mouth, now they may they may be able to nail down marketing that can better show off what this game is.
0: I now I hope so, because we don't have a solid. We don't even have like any solid release information. You know what's
1: weird? is I'm really surprised that they've not leaned even, and maybe they will in the actual marketing, like the legit marketing that goes on commercial-wise and whatnot, but I'm surprised that so far, they've not leaned far heavier into every trailer they've shown and every time they've shown the game as... <clears throat> medium Molecule creators of Little Big Planet Yeah, They are not leaning on the Little Big Planet Name as much as I imagined that they would Yeah and
0: like I, I wouldn't even expect Like Sackwood or something to show up in like one of their Trailers because I'm sure he's going to be in the game
1: Well essentially now he is in a They they put out that YouTube video of them cr- Recreating Little Big Planet 1 uh, In the world and I'm, I'm going to show you it Because it's amazing um, You've you've played Little Big Planet enough to know that dude it's insane yeah, How I, close this looks to the real I need to pick game. up
0: uh, the one on Vita Oh, it's so good! What is it called? Little Big Planet Vita.
1: It doesn't have a sub name. No. Are you sure? Positive. What's oh okay. What's a Little Big Planet on PSP? Was this called Little Big Planet PSP? As well, this so are your what's two sub name? Does it have one? Nope. It's three. Little Big Planet two. Three was just Little Big Planet
0: three. I swear it. Tear away. Okay, no, I think of tear away. Yeah, tear unfolded. away Unfolded Yeah, the PS4 version. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Why don't you guys let us know what y'all think about this. Um, let us know your thoughts on Dreams. Let us know if you're going to be like me, who's going to be search for the custom-created content, or if you're going
1: to be like Brett and create the content. And uh, Oh, what I was going to say, real quick, before you completely finish this out. What I thought would be cool is if depending on how much you end up liking the game and if the game lets you do like Little Big Planet would let you do uh, two player world creation or yeah, actually four we'll player. Yeah, we'll make our own game. Dude, if me and you can get together and make our own I game. I had that
0: idea to tell you off screen because I, I didn't want to say that on screen.
1: Yeah, oh, I want to. Yeah, I want I, to. I had, I, had, I had that idea. My idea is that basically if me and you can get together and because the barrier we had before is that you just have no you have no experience in game development and mine's very slim. So we talked about making a game in Unity before and I downloaded Unity and began to mess around with it but I didn't get far because I was just like, I feel like i'm gonna be doing this alone and i don't know if i want that yeah but if this is going to simplify that to a point where me and you can both get in and do it if it lets us do it together at the same time great if it lets us play together if it doesn't let us do that as long as it lets us like if i can open it and go in and edit while you're not doing it and then like you can go back in and be like i like the tree but i'm gonna make this change because
0: and then we can make a custom case in which the inside has a cd with just the code url for the download the game on it That'd be interesting. That would be. So if you win, the like obviously. Oh, we
1: make our own game and then make a custom case for our game. Saw that would I be just, so bad. I, I know. I literally that's what I'm just saying. said. Okay, hey, it just clicked with me.
0: <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we make our own game, make our own custom case, and then we just slap a DVD in there and uh, probably an eight mile, and then you just <laughs> write on, <laughs> and then you just write on like whatever whatever you used to find the games, but. We, we may, we'll probably end up creating a discord so we can share stuff like that uh, so be sure to join our discord and let us know on Twitter Facebook we will YouTube have a comments dream,
1: everywhere a dreams community that's a great idea close out the show Saul I just wanted to get that out I'm sorry no you're good thank
0: you guys uh, for tuning in to episode 84 and we will see you guys back next Monday at 10 a.m.
1: Pacific time <laughs> noon central time not so easy is it Saul it's not thank you guys thanks guys thanks it's- to our patrons Chad V Dan Barber Josh Jarrell Mikey 12 my name is Dan Douglas Below, Shadowist. Steven Salazar, The Stonard. Travis Below, Blake Popst, Eduardo Palomino. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, the link is in the description below. Thank you. Thank
0: you. you.